DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Get ready for the upcoming Utah Jazz season at the Jazz Team Store. End of summer sale, August 26th through 28th at Vivint Arena. Get great deals on the latest jazz gear. So uh, that's tomorrow. That is a fact. That would be, uh, today is uh, Wednesday, right? Tomorrow is, so it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, So Saturday. if you want yes. to see the most handsomest two guys on 1280 The Zone, come down to the team store tomorrow between 2 and 6. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you will see the fogies down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We went from the handsomest dudes to the Godfather and Fredo, Gordon Monson, and me. (laughs) Doing the show tomorrow. This staff has a lot of gifts, but the handsome area might not be. That's why I said most handsome. But it's all relative, though. Yeah, you're right. I'm not as ugly as you. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Joining us now. The guy we love to talk to, regardless of where he ranks on the handsome scale, and I'm not going to get into it, but I suspect PK's about to, Riley Jensen, our college football insider. And he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Riley, good morning. Good morning. I was just going to say, I mean, where does elite come into this conversation? Because I feel like, I feel like, you know, who cares about looks if you're elite, right? Yeah, but for me, it's just icing on the cake. <laughs> it's, it's the gravy on your meal, right? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> Got it. Love, Got talk, it. Got love it. talking quarterbacks with the former Utah State quarterback. Uh, Riley Jensen and, and PK has brought up the fact that Arizona has decided to go with two quarterbacks against BYU. I thought before I heard that BYU should win this football game, and after hearing that, I thought BYU should win this football game for Arizona. You know, it's a progression and all that, and so Wildcat fans, I get why they'd get into this, but for BYU fans, I'm having a hard time getting worked up. Yes, they have to prepare for two quarterbacks, but. I don't, I don't see how this should change the outcome. Do you? Well, it would be hard, it would be hard to say that, that, I mean, what, I can't remember the last time, maybe, maybe the only exception to this rule where you had two quarterbacks that played really well and, and the team did really well was like Mark Brunel in like, and I'm sorry, I'm going clear back to like 1989 or 90. And I can't even remember who the other guy Billy was. Billy Joe Herbert? Yeah, Hobart, there you go. Herbert, there you something go. like that. There you go. They call him Billy Joe yeah. Gunrack. That's what I remember. Okay. I don't remember his last <laughs> name, but I remember the Billy Joe Gunrack joke. So, And then Bronco That's tried funny. to do it with Jay Keeps and Riley Nelson, didn't he? Yeah, and how did that work out? Didn't work out too well, did it? I mean, I, I just think that there's maybe one or two, like, total times in the history of football that like the two quarterback system has worked. So I, I don't think that bodes well for Arizona. I think that bodes very well for BYU. And I think I'm just kind of surprised that Jed Fish down there, who who's supposedly a big time quarterback guy would, would take that approach other than the fact that he just doesn't feel like he has 
a quarterback at all. And so he's like, Rick, we're just, we're just going to do what we can to get through this. Right. So I, uh, that's a hard, that's a hard, that's a hard one for me. That's a really hard one for me. Yeah. I asked Whittingham the other day with Brewer going to be the starter and then, um, they're playing Weber, and since they said, by their own admission, that it was neck and neck with Brewer and Rising going forward here, that I thought maybe they wouldn't come out and say it because Kyle is adamantly opposed to a two-quarterback system. But my line of thinking is maybe you give both guys a shot against Weber uh, and go from there. If it's neck and neck, so that's the thing about it. it, it you, you're so close... Where in every other position you'd probably get some PT, but here if it's so close and the other quarterback beats you out barely, and then you don't play at all, it seems kind of a rip, especially against the game against Weber. But it seemed like Whittingham was opposed to that. Yeah, I kind of don't blame him. I look, you make the decision and you go with the guy. You don't. I feel like you don't mess around with it. I, I feel like quarterbacks get messed around with more than more than ever before as far as like who the starter is going to be. We very seldom see a guy get named in the spring and give him the whole summer to settle into that leadership role and, and to kind of be the quarterback anymore. It's all about – I mean, you hear Kalani talk about it. You hear Kyle talk about it. You hear Gary Anderson when he was the coach at Utah State. Oh, yeah, these guys got to compete for their position too. They've got to – so quarterbacks don't get to ease into the position. I think the very least you could do is once you name them the quarterback, like give them a little bit of rope, like give them a little bit of like you can ease into this. Now, as far as the Weber State game goes, I, I don't. I would have no problem with with Charlie Brewer starting and playing, you know, up to halftime through three quarters, and then getting getting rising some good live reps. But I wouldn't want to give the message to the team that I'm still not sure who the guy is. If you if you pick the guy, you pick the guy and go with him. Go with it. You know, they say they're not naming him until now, and yet if you know somebody who has access to what's going on in the program, and in, in programs where there's so many local guys, that – opens up the number of people have access because, you know, players on the team. And A-Rod acknowledged, well, we haven't named it yet, but I think if you talk to the guys on the team, they know. Right? So everybody's been hearing since March, well, it's going to be, this is going to be the guy. At both Utah and BYU. So are we really going to be crossed up? Are we really going to be surprised after hearing all these rumors? I would be really surprised if it's not Charlie Brewer and if it's not Jaron Hall. I mean, I, I, to me, that just seems like the natural course of things. Now, the other thing that I'll say, you know, I, I was saying quarterbacks get kind of moved around more than ever before, and they don't get the, you know, the the luxury of of kind of being named all summer. But I think, I think the other part about that is if you're the second string quarterback, I mean, I. Don't, I don't care what school you're at. There's a really, really good possibility that you're going to play and you're going to play and start in a lot of games and you're going to have plenty of chances to prove yourself just because the nature of the position, you know, and I feel like, I feel like there's just been a a swing, you know, so, so you go back to the sixties and seventies under bear Bryant and, and kind of the offense is like clear back then. It was all wishbone. It was super athletic quarterbacks that could throw it a little bit, 
but man, they were athletic. And then these these quarterbacks started getting really hurt, you know, and and they were out, and it would cost teams national championships or conference championships, and people were upset about it. And then you swing into the '80s and the '90s and the 2000s, you know, back when I was playing quarterback, and it was a much different type of quarterback um, from the '60s and '70s, where you know we want him to stay in the pocket, we want to protect him, we want to be able to throw the ball downfield, we want this guy to be you know, a laser-type passer, right? And then now we've moved into the, you know, from 2005, I think Alex Smith helped kind of change that narrative, right, in 2004, 2003, where quarterbacks started moving into this guy that's super athletic and can throw. And, you know, there was a time where I used to say, God, man, I mean, who, who does everybody think they are? There's like four, five, four or five quarterbacks in the country that can run and throw, you know? But now I would say, you know, if you looked around the country, it used to be that, like, Oregon was the only guy that had a quarterback that could run and throw the ball. And then you'd sprinkle in Tim Tebow and somebody else, and you'd go, wow, that's that's pretty impressive that those guys can do both, right? And then you get to now where I would say over 50% of the quarterbacks in, in the country that are starting at Division One schools are really good runners and really good passers. I mean, they they can do it all. And but what what you expose yourself to when you do that is the injury bug again. But I think coaches are betting on the fact that you know they have a Romney in their in their backup system. They have Rising in their backup system, so they can run their offenses the way they want to run them. And they're deeper than they used to be. And so I think it's an interesting idea. I think. It's an interesting idea to play both quarterbacks, but I think both quarterbacks at all of these schools are going to play. I just really do. I think they're going to have an opportunity to have meaningful, meaningful reps and meaningful playing time this year. So when you're involved in this quarterback battle, and a lot of times it's starting since spring, Rising didn't play in the spring, so it's a little bit different. But the others in Provo did, and then it continues in the training camp in August, and then they make a decision. How deflating is it for the guy who doesn't win the position? Oh, it's always it's always deflating as a competitor. Like, and and to play the quarterback position, you've got to have a little bit of ego. You can't just be like, oh no, you know what? It's all it's all good. It's all okay, right? It, it hurts. I mean, there's no question that if you're if you don't if you're not on the winning end of that decision. Um, it's very hurtful, but I will say this, and like you were alluding to earlier, DJ, like it's pretty apparent before you're even told as the quarterback because you can see who's getting all the number one reps. You can see the guy that's getting the first set of the number one reps. You can kind of see long before it happens. So it's it's kind of like you know it's coming, you know it's coming, you hope it's not coming, you hope you've staved it off, you hope that you're going to be the starter, and then – and then, but you kind of realize that you're not, and then they tell you, and it confirms it. But it's still hurtful. It's it's not a fun position to be in. When I was when I was competing at BYU for the for the job, or what I thought was competing for the job, I never got I never got a rep with the number ones. And somehow, in my naive mind as a competitor, like I thought I was going to prove all the coaches wrong, and that I was going to get. And I was playing with the twos, going against the ones. Sometimes my 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 stats would be better than the number one guys, the guys that were repping with the number ones. 
And then I was all excited. I can remember at BYU being so excited to get to the final, like, you know, the, the, the blue and white game or the scrimmage in the, in the, in the spring. And just before we get there, you know, Norm Chow pulls me to the side and he just says, Hey, look, like, it doesn't matter what we do in this game. Like we we're making our decision based on the way practices went. I was like, Oh, so that's then, then I'm done. Then, then basically I knew I was done at that point. Right. That That's kind of how he told me that I wasn't going to be the first string guy. And so it's deflating because you feel like you've worked really hard and that you're going to get a chance to play with some of the guys that like can make plays for you. And, you know, he, he stayed true to his word. I had a really, really good spring game and he stayed with what, what he thought was best for the team. And so that changes your career. It changes your thought process. It's hard. It's a hard moment. No, no question about it. But in my era, it's a little bit different. I think, I think if I was in this era today, I would stay just because, you know, there's so many injuries. And, and really, even back then, you know, Shoemaker, uh, Shoemaker and Federick were the other quarterbacks when I was at BYU. Um, Shoemaker struggled a little bit. Federick, Federick got hurt. And then Drew Miller was playing that year. That would have been my spot. I would have had, I would have had an opportunity to play at BYU if the whole situation had been, you know, if I, if I could have predicted the future. But I think that's much more typical of today's game than it was clear back when I was playing. Uh, that was the next thing I was going to get to, is that Kyle Winningham can go to a, call a backup quarterback into his office and say, yeah, you're number two, and that probably stings. But look at this. Look at the last four years of the University of Utah. They've had a quarterback make it through and start every game one time in four years. Huntley misses four games. Huntley misses five games. Last year, they, they picked a starter court, starting quarterback, and he made it 14 plays. So exactly. you got to be ready. And I guess especially if you're at BYU, where everyone seems to think they're three deep, because if you're number two and you're not ready, you mess up your chance, and number three grabs the reins, you may not get another one. So, you, yes, take a minute because it sucks. But then get on with it. Yeah, no, I, I you, you actually bring up a great phrase in the military. They say, embrace the suck, don't stay in the suck. You know, like, give it a big hug, roll in it a little bit, like, be upset, but give yourself a time limit for how long you're going to be upset because you got to get yourself ready and you got to be ready to play. And, and it happens so much now in college football that you just can't, you can't wallow in your misery for too long because you're going to get your opportunity. And like you said, if you're not ready for that opportunity, but, you know, the next guy will get an opportunity. If it, and if he nails it, you might not ever get another shot. And so, yeah, yeah, be upset. Be upset for today. Be upset through this weekend and then be ready to go for practices and for your teammates and for everything that's good about football starting the next week, right? You think Taysom Hill is a starting quarterback in the NFL? Well, I think <laughs> – I think before this last performance, I would have said yes. Um, it's an interesting he, – he's an interesting quarterback. He has far exceeded my expectations in the NFL. Uh, it, it, and you can go back to some of the tape of me talking with you guys about Taysom Hill when he played at BYU. I, my, my biggest worry about him from way back to his days at BYU was his accuracy. It wasn't – does he have moxie? It wasn't. The, is he afraid of the moment or not? It wasn't whether he's mentally tough enough to do it. It was just there was an accuracy piece and there was a touch piece that like concerned me. And last week, 
um, was the first time that I saw that get exposed again. Um, and so, yes, I think he's a starter in the NFL, but I don't, I don't know that it would ever be a long-term thing. Like, I think he could go to a team and he could start for a year and, and be a really serviceable, serviceable quarterback for a team. And I look, I could be wrong on this because he's out. Like I said, he's he's out kicked my my thoughts and my processes as far as he goes, as far as as far as his career goes in the NFL. And you just can never you can never doubt somebody that has that much mental toughness and that much like the chutzpah that he has is just really really cool. But I kind of feel like we're getting to the top of his um, potential where, yeah, he could start for a season for a team and be pretty serviceable, but the GMs and the presidents and the owners of the league are going to be looking for that, that next guy. Like, he's, he's a, you know, for, for lack of a better term, he's, he's the guy that's dating someone, but, you know, she's got one eye on him and one eye on the other guys in the room, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, he's pretty good. We're glad he's in the room, but, you know, they've got, they've got an eye on somebody else, too, and, and, that's a tough position to be in for him because it's hard to stay confident. And it's hard to believe in yourself when somebody's always looking for somebody else to kind of take your place. Riley Jensen joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we've talked a lot about Utah and BYU. We have not talked a lot about Utah State. Have you heard anything different coming through these scrimmages? Is there any more hope or is this going to be a rebuilding year for the Aggies? Well, I mean, like I told you guys last week, it's still there's a lot of enthusiasm. I was I was at their practice on Monday. There was there was a lot of enthusiasm. It's fun to see a team like hustle around, try and make plays. They're playing relaxed. Um, I think that I think that you're going to see a team that plays fast, where you're, where you're going to see an exciting brand of football. My my question mark is is can you shake off? Can you shake off the results of last season? Can you shake off the mentality of the last couple of years where you haven't been able to win some of the tough games and you haven't been able to be in some of those tough games and move yourself back in the right direction? And I think that takes a lot of coaching, right? That takes coaching of the culture. That takes coaching of the players. But I think right now there's a lot of optimism, but there's a lot of optimism all the way across the country with a lot of teams I think where we're really going to see where where the rubber meets the road is when they get in a tough game or when they get in a tough loss. Where does the mentality shift at that point? And I think that's where Coach Blake Anderson is going to move is really going to earn his money and earn his keep as a coach at Utah State is if he can if he can navigate those waters successfully. Riley, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Riley Jensen, College Football Insider. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More college football coming up at 9 o'clock with Matt Brown. Extra Points newsletter and podcast covering college football nationally. We'll talk with him about the alliance and what the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have in mind. And we'll do that at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.